everybody, it's Lori with the Catch Pocket Podcast, and tonight, episode 42, Lisa Hiddle, Lisa Hiddle's a jazz musician, uh, playing the baritone jazz, so why not? Let's do this. Um, before we get started, I just want to mention out there about the COVID Omicron wave we're experiencing right now. I guess I'll be catching up with you guys in a few weeks, but it's getting getting better but it's kind of terrible out there right now guys and i wish i wish there were two i wish i knew of at least two ways that we could avoid or at least try to uh eliminate the spread of covid um i don't know what could they be what could they be oh i don't know let's ask the president hey joe do you have any ideas we have two key and two key ways of protecting ourselves against COVID-19. One, safe, free, and effective vaccines. And two, masks. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, wear your mask. Get your vaccines boost up, guys. Uh, we can do this. Jesus Christ. All right, with that, here's my guest, number 42, Lisa Hiddle. Enjoy. here with Lisa Hiddle. She's a jazz saxophone player here in Wichita, Kansas, and she is um, going to tell us a little bit more about herself and what she does and everything her life. Lisa, thanks for coming on the podcast today. My pleasure. All right. Well, um, so on the Catch a Pocket podcast, we talk about you. So we want to know about your life. Were you born here in Wichita? No, I uh, grew up in Winfield, Kansas. Winfield. Mm-hmm. And did you live there all your life? I did, up until the time I went away to college, yeah. And where'd you go to college? I uh, I went for my first degree at Kansas State University. Kansas State? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And what was your degree in? Was uh, it music? It, it was. It was a woodwind performance degree. Okay. And what? so what types of instruments did you play? Well, I was really only a saxophone player when I went there, but I um, started playing bassoon and ended up playing a lot of bassoon and then also studying clarinet, flute, pretty much everything except oboe is what I kind of became proficient at. Okay, that's really interesting. So, okay, so when you went to school in Winfield, did you go to public school or a private school? No, I went to public school. And were you interested in music even then? Um, yes, um, that's kind of where it was born. I, um, started playing clarinet in fourth grade and didn't particularly love it. (laughs) (laughs) And when I went on to seventh grade at that time, Winfield was a, uh, seven through 12 school, junior high and senior high, all in one school. And, um, 
I had gone in one day to tell the band director that I just really didn't care about playing clarinet anymore and I was going to quit band. And he said, well, have you ever thought about playing saxophone? And I said, well, no, not really. And he said, well, we have a jazz band here. Um, I think actually they called it then a stage band. That was kind of the old name for it. Okay. And he said, I really need a, a baritone saxophone player in the band. And if you would... You know, I'll give you one to take home, and and if you would do that, I'll give you lessons and teach you how to play it. And he brought out this old kind of World War II vintage beat-up baritone saxophone, which was almost as big as I was. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for whatever reason, I just fell deeply in love with it. Really? Yeah. And um, so he gave me some lessons, and... I joined the jazz band, which was mostly older kids, mm-hmm. and so that felt really special to me and kind of probably helped fuel my passion to keep doing You just that. liked the, the yeah. kids you were around, and yeah. you felt it made you feel uh, more mature or included or something? Yeah, more included, uh-huh. I think, you know. Um, I kind of felt like I had a niche, uh-huh. you know. And um, so it just kind of kept going from there. So I'm fascinated because you know The Simpsons, right? So do you yeah. ever get compared to The Simpsons, Lisa? You know, I will tell you, I have never watched an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Not ever well, in my life. But I know about you. Lisa I'm sure Simpson you do with the, because of the sacks yeah, and everything. People have said that. Okay, yeah, I, have so. <laughs> I have to. I have to. So, okay, let's go back to college. And um, you started playing, or you actually degreed in college at Mm K-State. So then after that, what happened? Well, um, kind of an interesting turn of events. My senior year of college, I was beginning to realize that I was going to graduate and really didn't know what I was going to do with this performance degree. Mm -hmm. And at that time, um, you could pretty easily go into one of the military service branches and just do music. And so I kind of explored that and decided that the Navy was the route that I might want to go. Um, And and it was really a good way to make a living, good benefits. And And you you played in the Navy band? Well, I didn't. Uh, (laughs) I I went to the local recruiter there in Manhattan, and, and the first thing they do is give you some kind of a written test, which was all about, you know, navy things and i failed miserably okay (laughs) and then i went back and said look i'm a musician i just want to be in the band and he goes oh well okay so so they sent me to kansas city for my navy physical Uh and then from there they flew me to the great lakes base to audition because that was the closest naval base that had a band okay so i um i stayed all night there got up the next morning audition i talked to the guy and he said well you know this is what we can offer you, you know. So I said, well, that sounds great. And he said, well, go over to the commissary and eat lunch while we drop the paperwork and then come back and and we'll sign you delayed enlistment. So it meant that I actually enlisted that day, but then I got to go finish college and then I would start, you know, that summer. Right. So while I was eating lunch, you know, this is way before cell phones, internet, any of that. Uh-huh. There was a payphone, and I thought, you know, I'm going to call my roommate back in Manhattan and tell her what time to come pick me up at the airport. So I called her, and she said, 
the first thing she said was, have you signed anything yet? And I said, no, but I, I think I'm going to. And yeah. she said, don't. And I said, well, no, it's a really good deal. And she said, no. Stan Kenton's manager called here last night and offered you a job on the band. Oh, okay. And that's okay. something I had always wanted to do. Awesome. So I went back and told the guy, and I know he thought I was lying to just, you know, like I'd gotten cold feet or something. <laughs> I'm sure he's heard it all before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I, I flew back, and I actually was a little bit undecided uh, about which way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, talked to some of my college buddies that night, and they said, this is what you've always wanted to do don't pass up this opportunity right you can go in the navy anytime you can do this and then yeah. go in the navy yeah. later. yeah so like i don't know two or three days later i was on a plane to um portland oregon and joined the stan kenton band and traveled throughout the united states and canada for about 10 months with that band did you love it uh i did love it 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 was uh it was a real experience that probably I was a little bit too young to totally take in and appreciate. Okay. That <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I was and uh, how old were you then? I was twenty two. Okay. Yeah. And so you I were think, thinking about yourself and then not experiencing the out outdoors and things like that? Is that well, just um, you know, musically I'm not sure I was actually really ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um and I was the only female on the band. Okay. Um, and all the guys were great. Right. But it's, you know, being out on the road is a difficult life when you're traveling 24-7 and right. playing one-nighters every night. And, you know, it was just a, a real different existence. Right. You know? But a fantastic opportunity that that later opened many, many doors for me. Yeah, okay, from people that you met and things that you learned and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, and just kind of having that on your resume when you sure. could say that, like, well, I played with Stan Kenton. People kind of would go, oh, wow, well, okay. So yeah. You must be the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, okay, you did that, you said, for 10 months. 10 uh, months. Traveled the United States and Canada. Right. Um, and then what happened there? Well, um, so the band uh, in... August, late August of 78, um, played, played their last gig. They were supposed to take a break for a couple months and go back. Um, so I went back to K-State to finish my last semester because I had dropped out of school to go. I had credits I had to finish. So I went back and did that. And then in the meantime, Stan Kenton got really ill and never went back out. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, the I basically, I mean, I played the last job that he ever played because there, we didn't go back out. So, okay. Yeah. So from there, I ended up um, moving to Vancouver, Canada. Cool. Uh, I had a friend up there and lived up there and played and taught privately for three or four years. Is it beautiful there? It is beautiful there. Yeah. Is it peaceful there? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. It seems like it. Like whenever I see pictures and things, I'm yeah. thinking, man, it's so lush. And Yeah. One of the cool things was, I mean, it's right on the ocean, but yet there's mountains too. So within an hour, you could either be on the beach or in the mountains. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 So there's so. a lot more outdoors things to do uh-huh. and appreciate, um, I feel like, when you get to the places with beauty, like 
ocean on the mountains. Right. I, there's beauty here, but it's different, and I don't think people appreciate the yeah. beauty here. Yeah, right. That's why we have so much litter here, Yeah. Because you never see anyone litter on the coasts. Yeah. Or, I mean, someone would get them if they did or something. I don't yeah. know. So, okay. So you went there and lived for how long? Three years? Uh, a little over three years. Yeah. And you taught, and you had a degree. And then what happened to, to make you want to make another move? Well, um, the, I ran into immigration problems. When I went, it was, I mean, there it was just real easy. There weren't, you know, right between the borders and, and you could work, but then it kind of started tightening up. And so I came back to Wichita, um, really not intending to stay long-term. And that was 40 years ago. Okay. And I'm still here. <laughs> For the full 40 years you've been here? I've been here since 1980. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. You said you were raised in Winfield, uh-huh. but... You came back to Wichita. Did your family come to Wichita from Winfield? Or? No, I mean my parents still live in Winfield, but mm-hmm. I, I had some friends here, and there were some playing and teaching opportunities here. Okay, you know Winfield's really small town. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So you know, so there I, were job opportunities yeah, in yeah. Wichita. So you came back to Wichita, yeah. and you started doing what? Well, I immediately started teaching private lessons at both Starkey Music, which is no longer there, uh-huh. and Cincinnati Music, which is no longer there. Yeah, yeah. And um, the internet kind of um, took care of those. And then there was a, a guy in Wichita named Newt Graber. Mm-hmm. And Newt was kind of, at that time, the we called him the gig king of Wichita. He had a quartet, a seven-piece band, a big band, and a rodeo band, and he was working constantly. Oh, wow. Cool. And uh, so I went to work for him, uh-huh. and I was playing pretty much in all of his groups for years. So, so every gig that they would do there, you would have a at yeah. least a paycheck for that, exactly, right? Exactly. So yeah. that kept you, you know, um, going yeah. and keep going. So you did that for how long? Well, um... I mean, I've kind of never stopped private teaching. Okay. Uh, you kind of kept and, up and with And playing. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Newt died kind of unexpectedly. Oh, gosh, I don't know what year it was. It was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, by that time, I was pretty well established musically and able to, you know. Find keep, the gigs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, keep playing. Right. You know, with other be people someone. and under my own name and that type. Okay, and that's so that's kind of what got you to branch out to your own name after Newt was kind of you going on your own, and you're kind of doing that sort of thing too, which is um, getting gigs for events, right? Okay, yeah. so yeah. you do that a lot, yeah. You know, I, uh, I in 1989, I started teaching at French University, okay. And I, um, they really didn't have a jazz program when I started teaching there. They had a jazz band that had kind of incomplete instrumentation and really wasn't very good. <laughs> right. But I had a lot of really great support over the 30 years that I was there and built a really incredible jazz program for a yeah, small I was going to say, they have a good reputation yeah. now of yeah. jazz band. So, you know, we had two full jazz bands and a jazz vocal ensemble and four combos and that's and, great you know we won a lot of um competitions and um 
you know, both taped and live and did international travel. I took the group to okay. Europe twice and Cuba And you were the once. teacher. You were the professor. Yeah, I was the, I was the head of the jazz department. And yeah. did you uh, obtain any other degrees while you were doing that? I did. Uh, early on when I was at Friends, I went back to uh, get my, well, before I was at Friends, I went to Wichita State and did a second bachelor's degree in music education okay. because I thought I might end up teaching public school, okay. which I did for a while I, uh, as a sub, but I never did it like as a full-time career. Okay. And then after I was at Friends, I um, went back to Wichita State again and did a master's degree actually in clarinet performance. Clarinet, which is the thing you started. Right. <laughs> and you didn't really prefer. But exactly. now you like it a lot. Well, actually, now I don't play clarinet anymore at all. <laughs> Why not? Uh, you know, I just, um, you know, most of my work was on saxophone. Mm-hmm. And I think to be a really proficient clarinet player, you really got to put in the time and be playing it all the time. And yeah. I just wasn't doing that. So okay. once I once I retired from Friends, I just pretty much officially put that away. Okay, just that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is there anything in there that I'm missing that you want to highlight or spotlight of your life that you want to that you're proud of or want to bring out? Well, you know, the way I got started with all of the um, the booking of groups and, and supplying different groups for events and different mm-hmm. restaurants around town, um, that all <clears throat> started at Friends. <clears throat> I, uh, I ended up having some really, really great students, mm-hmm. and I felt like <clears throat> it would be a really important part of their education to go out and be playing live. Mm-hmm. And so I started just kind of doing that, you know, to give the students a way to get out and get some practical experience and make some money, you know. Right. And it became a really good sort of recruiting tool for me because if there was a really good student I was trying to recruit, I would say, hey, you know, come be a part of the Friends program and I can get you out working all these gigs, Uh which I did. And, and, you know, um, most of the... a majority of the musicians that I now work with and book are are, are former students. Okay. Yeah. And some yeah. colleagues, too, that ended up coming and teaching as adjuncts for me. I play with a lot, too. Okay. Yeah. So. That's really great. Um, yes. And, and that, that reminded me of, um, you know, when I see bands play, let's say they're starting out and they're getting ready to do a run, um, a tour run, small tour run, they always will start here with their first show and then they'll come around and do these shows and then they'll come back and you'll hear the difference. Yeah. And so it really does when you go out there and actually play live, it really does make a lot of difference in advancing your play. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Plus, you know, you just learn a lot of other things that you can't really be taught in a classroom about being a professional and dealing with the public and, you know, just all those types of things. Yeah, and all the little circumstances and and that... That could happen. Yeah. And dealing with a drunk person or yep. any dealing kind of... with money and club owners and taxes uh-huh. and, you know, all those types of things. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot to You don't even that. think about, well, exactly. you know, you're thinking we're just going to go do this thing. Yeah. It's no big deal. And then it turns out to be something more. Right. So yeah. that's neat that you're able to at least assist people in uh, getting their foot in the door and experiencing... Or having the experience to be able to let them know what's to come, you know. Yeah. 
So that's cool. Yeah. So on <clears throat> Lisa, on the Catch a Pocket podcast, I always like to ask my guests uh, if they have a story of inspiration that they could share. And it doesn't have to be necessarily personal, but uh, just any story of inspiration that, that you'd like to share with the audience. Well, um, I guess, I mean, what comes to mind for me is just my own personal experience because, you know, I'm not, I don't think that I was born with any kind of talent. (laughs) Um, So, you know, a lot of people, you know, like to say, oh, you know, you're so talented. Well, I have never considered myself to be talented, and I still don't. But, you know, I the things that I've been able to do really have been, I think, in part luck and in part hard work mm-hmm. and, per, and perseverance. So I just think for anybody out there that really has, you know, a goal and a passion, um that's that's my inspiration is you just have to work hard and okay. <laughs> stay with it yeah you know and and if and you do good that things can happen yep i agree 100 percent. so um so with that do you have things in the future that you want to talk about right now or do you have um what's your email address uh how to get in contact with you if they want to book an event or something like yeah. that and they're listening to this well i have a website Okay. And it's uh, it's just Lisa Hiddle Jazz Plus dot com. Okay. And the plus uh, is spelled out P L U S. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. And so that's probably the best way to get in touch with me is through that website. Okay. Um, and uh, my email address is I I have kept my Fringe University email address because I'm uh, a professor emeritus, and that's one of the okay. benefits of that is you get to keep your email cool. address. Yeah. So it's it's kind of strange. It's H I T T L L, which is not how you spell my last name at friends.edu. Uh huh. Because your name is Lisa, they put the extra L at the end, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So, you know, is there anything else that we need to cover that you haven't covered? I might mention that I have a son, Nathan, who's 35, who's a really, really great jazz piano player. Mm -hmm. Um, He decided to become a lawyer, (laughs) and he lives in Virginia. But when he was growing up, um, you know, we played together a lot. He ended up going to Friends University for his undergrad. Okay. And, um, was his undergrad in music or was no, it a, no. law? Law. Uh-huh. Well, it was actually sociology, but right. but went into law. But um, cool. But you know, he was did you know a lot of a, a lot of music and you know was very involved in the jazz groups over there. And um, so that's that's been a fun thing to kind of be able to pass that on. Yeah. And um, definitely, so many of the students that I was privilege to work with over the years uh, I have stayed in really close contact with and it's just a joy to watch their careers now yeah you know branching out and blossoming yeah for sure yeah so well I really appreciate you coming on and catching a pocket with me yeah and um, come back anytime and we'll talk about whatever's coming up in your life sounds great all right thanks for coming on thanks all right 
that was Lisa Hiddle, everyone. And I really appreciate you guys for listening tonight. Hit me up if you have any other ideas. I always am open for new ideas and concepts and just to have a little bit of fun. So you got me on Catch a Pocket. I'll put the links to all Lisa's stuff in the notes section of the podcast. And uh, I hope you guys catch a pocket you can be proud of. Good night, Wichita.